Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Katie. Oh my gosh, a lot has happened since we last <laughs> talked. Yeah. I kind of can't believe it. I know. So we had planned to record this episode on October 30th, the day before Halloween. We had all this cute little Halloween banter planned. But then we had to reschedule again because a hurricane hit my town Ooh. and we didn't have power for three days. Oh, goodness. And that was on the shorter side. Some folks didn't have it for even longer than that. So I'm grateful. And plus, we were juggling childcare and debris cleanup. And I'll be honest, it was a really hard week, but it took my mind off of the anxiety and stress leading up to election day. <laughs> so silver linings, right? <laughs> I, I guess so. If you want to look at it that way. Yeah. yeah. So about that election. Oh. What happened, Katie? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> The election that would never end. And I, I knew going Ugh. into it that we weren't going to know right away. I knew that cognitively, but my body yeah, was really ready to know what what was going yep. on. Yep. So this week, I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. And I think there's probably collectively a lot of stress and tension and grief that we were all holding uh, in our bodies say yes. for like four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> When I learned the news that Biden Harris won, it just honestly it like came pouring out of me. I was sobbing and then yeah, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of crying that happened over the weekend. So, how about you? Yes to the exhaustion. Definitely. Honestly, okay, so on Saturday I had put my phone down for like an hour and I came back to text messages from you, <laughs> from some other friends, some like and I really had a hard time taking it in and feeling anything really I was kind of numb most of the weekend and I think some of that is just being a little alone a little blue dot in a sea of red there wasn't Mm -hmm. the celebration Mm -hmm. here that I saw you know happening in bigger cities and I think it might the joy might have been a little more contagious if I'd been near it, mm-hmm. like physically near it. So I, you know, I spent most of the weekend kind of overwhelmed and a little bit numb. And I'm trying to just be okay with that. The joy will definitely come later. And for now, I'm just honoring my body's response to everything that's going on, which right now is, like you said, exhaustion. And um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of numbness, which we will talk about more as we get into the content of our episode right. today. Honoring our body's response. So what are we talking about today? All right, we are talking about embodiment. Whoop, whoop. This is a big word. It's something you and I have been wanting to talk about for a while. It can mean a lot of different things. And in prepping for this episode, we realized just how big the topic is, how many directions it could go in. And so let's get started by sharing a couple of things like what we mean when we say embodiment or embodied and why we're drawn to talking about this topic now. So... For me, the concept of embodiment is really simple. I exist in a body, a concrete physical presence that begins and ends, that has concrete physical needs. And that statement seems so obvious and so simple. 
But honestly, it's truly anything but. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I, like a lot of people, we operate in very intellectual and often like abstract kind of spiritual spheres. We're communicators, writers, administrators. Often we're floating heads on Zoom, like right now, for instance. And I have to literally remind myself sometimes that I have a body. I am a body. Mm-hmm. But what does that actually mean and why do we want to talk about it today? What does it mean to have a body, to understand and to care for our physical selves? And how have church teachings or cultural influences shaped our understanding of embodiment or even our personal relationships with our bodies? So I'll turn it over to you, Katie. What does embodiment mean to you? Well, you gave a very good, simple, yet complex answer, right? Like getting to the heart of the matter. Um, so I was going to look up a definition, but that felt very much disconnected from my body. So instead I just, (laughs) I just sort of tuned in with myself and wrote down a couple of things that come up for me when I ask myself this question. So they're connected to what you've already shared, experiencing life in the physical, aligning Mm -hmm. and reconnecting my spirit and my mind with my body, Mm -hmm. tuning into what my body is communicating to me through sensations and other things. And most importantly for me and kind of newest to the list is recognizing that my body always tells me the truth. Wow. I like that. Yeah. And it's really only been recently, maybe the last year that I've really shifted to understanding that my body is the part of me that is most in tune with my soul, which was just Mm -hmm. not something I ever thought was possible And I think we've just been conditioned to believe that we can only know things by thinking, like you were saying, using the left side of our brain. And you touched on this when you talked about how we operate in the abstract or in church, we're taught that our bodies are liabilities at best and we can't trust them, Mm -hmm. that our physical desires are wrong and shameful, that they're meant to be Mm -hmm. suppressed. But really, it's actually the opposite, at least for me. Because our monkey mind chatter is often the culprit of all the things that are not true, like our Mm self-doubt and our self-criticism and our egos can cause us to question what we know is true just by what we um, feel or sense. So actually, I think for me, it's realizing, again, the body tells the truth. So I'm wondering if you feel the same way or maybe some of it resonates, some of it might not. I really love that the body tells the truth and I want to meditate on that a little bit, I think, (laughs) but there's so much in what you just said that I want to dive into. So first I want to talk about aligning the body with mind and spirit, like you mentioned. Um, And you said that it's only been recently that you're beginning to understand your body as something that's not separate from your mind and spirit. And I would say that that's true for me too. I'm curious to know how you started to make that connection because for me, it was realizing that when I'm having feelings or emotions, especially bigger ones like anxiety or depression, my body starts telling me long before I can intellectually acknowledge that something is going on, but I don't always listen. Right. And that's the problem. (laughs) Like... Early on this summer, for example, I was so tired and lethargic all the time and I couldn't figure out why and I was beating myself up about Mm -hmm. it. I had a lot of shame around that because it's so 
we tie things like lazy and um, unproductive, you know, we, we tie that baggage to being tired. And I kept trying to change things like my diet or my routine. I kept trying to go to bed earlier and nothing was working. And then over time, like my back started to hurt. My hips started to tighten, even though nothing had changed about like my activity. And then I started having headaches more often. I would wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go back to sleep. And then I had this kind of final aha moment later in the summer when two things started to happen that are really big flags for me. I started to have jaw pain, which means I'm grinding my teeth and clenching my jaw. And I started having heart palpitations, which I have never had in my life. That's scary. Yeah, it's scary. And so I finally started to put it all together. I was starting to finally call it depression, number one. And I was also starting to link that that's what was happening in my body too. My body was trying to tell me like, hey, you're not okay. And I had been holding in so much stress and heartache from everything going on this year, everything, you know, in a broader sense and in my personal life and just trying to pretend it was all fine, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. fine. And so you saying the body tells the truth, you know, that's really intriguing to me. Yeah. The body being that alarm system, which has different Mm -hmm. levels, you know, it can start in the more subtle ways like you were talking and then it will give us stronger and stronger indications that something isn't right. And sometimes it does take a while Mm -hmm. to figure it out. And I hope you're starting to feel better now that you had made, made that connection. You know, I really am. And what's interesting is that talk therapy is just a part of feeling better. There's actually a physical component of this for me too. Things like breathing, intentional movement like yoga, and then playful movement like learning to ride a bike again. All the things I mentioned in our last episode about how we're getting through, that's all part of my journey in reconnecting with my body and taking better care of it. Mm, That's so good. I'm glad you're finding some practices that are helping and that they sound like enjoyable things for the most part. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Yeah. I think waking up for me has been recognizing that my body has big reactions to things that happen. And I've, I've always Mm -hmm. known that that was true, but I think they made me feel self-conscious. And so I was focused on Mm -hmm. that rather than what is this actually trying to tell me, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've always been really sensitive to energy of people or rooms. Uh, I know a lot of people feel that like can pick up on things. So if I meet somebody and I immediately break out into a sweat, even if I don't have anxious or nervous thoughts, it's like my body's way of saying, maybe don't trust this person just yet. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I can feel pain in my body when I see somebody get hurt. I know other people feel that too. Um, and it's not just always like alarm bells. Sometimes it's really, really positive. Like when I'm having a good conversation with someone, this often happens when we're talking, I will get this jolt of electric energy and I get chills when I'm moved by something and it's, oh, I've started to connect it with, oh, this is like, you're onto something. This is something that's truthful in a spiritual sense. So I used to disregard all of that. Until I started exploring mysticism and realizing that these physical reactions were actually ways that my soul was communicating something to me, like pay attention or, you know, this is good. Keep going. You're onto something. And it, it used to make me feel very, very vulnerable because who wants to be like visibly sweaty in a meeting or your handshake. Yeah. Yeah. Any of that stuff just feels like, again, we're, um, 
we're taught to sort of act like machines. Like we're not, yep. you know, supposed to react physically to things. We can't control any of this, but now I mostly view it as something positive. And so I'm still deciphering what all of these signs mean. And I hope that the more I pay attention, the more I'll pick up on the subtleties of them, yeah. but I'm starting to see patterns and they're actually really, really helpful. And one of the terms that I heard um, from some intuitives that I follow is it's called clairsentience, which was not something that I knew as a thing. I had never heard that term until about a year ago, but it just means clear feeling. So I said earlier, the body doesn't lie, always tells the truth. So even if my mind is causing me to doubt when I'm feeling at a gut level, my body is there to confirm what I'm picking up energetically. So sometimes it can be really helpful when I'm sort of not sure intellectually about something to just really tune in to if my body is saying yes or no to something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so interesting. And I really feel like I could talk about this all day. I know, it's cool. I am curious about why it took us so long to start to pay attention to our bodies in this way. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like there's so much lost time to make up for in some respects, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Like, when have I ignored my body when it was trying to tell me things in the past? And I don't know, just how could I have been in better tune? And so I really wonder and would love to talk about why it took us so long to see our bodies as part of the whole Mm -hmm. that makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. And I have some theories. (laughs) I think (laughs) for too long, I've thought of my body as a container that's something separate from my mind. But like a container for my thoughts and my soul and all the things that make me who I am. But my body is not who I am. It's Mm. everything else that makes me who I am. My body just holds it all. That's sort of, I think, how I've maybe always thought of it. Yeah. And what I'm starting to realize is that my body isn't this separate thing from me. It is me. And that just makes me think about my body in a whole new way. It's a very subtle shift in perspective, but it feels really meaningful to me. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? No, it it really, really does. And it mirrors probably some later conversation we're going to get into about the church, but that we're, we are taught to devalue our body, even though we can't like get rid of it. We're just yeah. sort of supposed to deal with it, but value what it holds instead of the thing itself. Yeah, and I think there's a whole other episode we could have about uh, how gender plays into this Mm -hmm. and how, like, women and physical bodies have always been sort of tied together historically, but men and intellectual space has always been tied together. And so I – but I want to bookmark that for a later conversation because it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned, you know, that at church we're taught that the body is a liability at best, I think is how you put it. And I really think that is so spot on. And I'd love to unpack a little, like, what specific things we learned that have cut us off from our physical bodies or even, like, made us afraid or unloving toward our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to come up with a list, I guess. And these are some things that I learned almost word for word in my very white Protestant mainline yet conservative church experience that I'm trying to unlearn now. So the first is that our minds and spirits are how we connect with God. The flip side of this is not our bodies. Mm -hmm. That prayer is something we do with words or thoughts or feelings, sometimes song, but it's definitely like an intellectual endeavor. 
Our physical desires are inherently sinful and must be guarded against or even feared. You mentioned that earlier. And the other side of that too is that therefore bodily deprivation, things like fasting, abstaining from sex, abstaining from alcohol or caffeine, like all of that, is that deprivation is a higher virtue. Mm-hmm. And that bodies are in and of themselves are unclean, something to hide, something to purify before they can be in God's presence. And where that showed up for me, like growing up is no shorts in church, you know, um, that are, or even like you've, I remember you talking about this in an episode a long time ago about like covering your curves Mm -hmm. and things for girls. Maybe we weren't taught all of these at the same time. We didn't all get together for like one big sermon on how the body is shameful and terrible, but in slow drips over time, all taken together, I think it's really easy to see the connections there. Mm -hmm. If our body is sinful, it can't be trusted. It isn't how we connect with God. It isn't worthy of God's presence without some kind of intervention. Then disconnecting from our bodies makes a lot of sense. If you're trying to be closer to God, you know? So what do you think? Oh, yeah. No, you're you're right on with the values of white Protestant mainline church traditions and I was just thinking about how that impacts the ways that we show up together in community especially around I was thinking specifically of grief and how we're not really allowed to be vulnerable and and use Mm -hmm. our bodies you know people wear sunglasses to hide their tears and just contrasting that with um, the black church culture where it's a much more embodied experience Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I just think yeah, we're cutting off parts of who we are when we don't allow the full expression of who we are to come through. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, to all of it, I think you're spot on. And I was just thinking about how interesting it is that one of the things about Christianity is that it centers around God becoming human. Yes, yes. That is the central story is the incarnation and being born yes. in the way that all human beings are born through the blood and the body of a pregnant person. Yes. Um, in this case, a young unmarried girl. And Jesus isn't divine in spite of his body. He's divine because of his body. Right. But we forget that. And we forget that and we twist it up. We Man. really, really do. And like we don't really think about Jesus' Jesus's embodiment in details about like him yeah. having physical needs and all of that. And yeah. And the joys of being human too. Yes, the joys and the, like, the grossness. Yeah, all of it. All of the, like, physical stuff that our bodies do. Like, Jesus had boogers, you know? It's just... <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag Jesus had boogers. No, it's true. It's so true. And that, you know, some folks have a theology that, like, that sort of redeems the body and makes it, you know, less sinful or whatever. But I think it's more of just, like, we have... We worship a God who can relate with what we're going through. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> a very, very different thing. And that the divine is within all of us. Um, so anyway, yeah, the church teaches this very repressive idea that women's bodies in particular, and I mean, the bodies of anyone who isn't cisgender man are impure mm-hmm. and especially sinful just for existing, just mm-hmm. for existing which makes me think about previous conversations we've had about purity culture. Because when girls hit puberty, that's when the conversation shifts big time to the body shaming. Yes. 
and the need to cover up like you were talking about before and keeping sexually pure and to not tempt the boys around them. And that's really what it means to live out your faith as a girl. Like that was the central message that I got when I was an adolescent. So you can't be a girl and have a good body, you know, like in a, in a moral sense, you can't have a good body and not in a permanent way. And so, yeah, we could, let's do another episode where we talk about this with the intersections of race and ability and body type and size and all of that, because yeah, even covering up depending on your body size can mean and shape can mean different things. So yeah, then um, I wanted to mention this because I think it's really interesting and something I'm focusing on. We have this larger cultural stigma around menstrual cycles, which is another mm-hmm. thing that we're taught to cover up and pretend doesn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they really do inform, you know, not for everybody, but for many of us, how we're feeling physically and psychologically, like at different times of the month. So I've been reading this book called Code Red by Lisa Lister, and it's all about connecting and making the connection between what your life is like and then what your menstrual cycle is. And you can actually sort of like, I don't want to use the word optimize, but there are strengths to each part of those cycles. But we're so in this masculine-minded society that we don't work cyclically. Um, Mm -hmm. So she's trying to encourage people who bleed to sort of think about, like, how could you live your life more cyclically because it will prevent you from the burnout of trying to push through as if your body is the same every single day. So I'll put that in the show notes. It's really, really interesting. Um, It's something I'm going to try to implement in my life. That's really cool, and you are now the second person to mention this book to me in, like, the last week. Oh, interesting. So I think, yeah, I think that might be Spirit trying to tell me to pick it up (laughs) and check it out. I will be really interested to know if and how you end up changing anything and how it goes. I really do like to think of the cyclical nature of life. Um, We've talked before about the lunar cycles and you know I think maybe in our mysticism episode we might have talked a little bit about the moon and things like that and I just think you know all of that is tied together mm-hmm. um and I think it's a really interesting way to think about time and all of that so yeah so since you mentioned what you're reading there is an author who is really shaping how I understand and think about my body that I would also like to share and that is Adrienne Marie Brown mm-hmm. Two of her books, Emergent Strategy and Pleasure Activism, are transformative, honestly. And I highly recommend them for people working in activism or social justice spaces. With the caveat that especially in pleasure activism, Adrian writes very openly and expansively about topics that might be uncomfortable because our institutions have conditioned us to think that they're taboo or wrong. Things like sex and sex work recreational drug use so if you pick up pleasure activism know going into it that those things are not taboo in that book um so it might upend a little bit of the way that you thought about it before but in pleasure activism she and others talk about the journey of being in their bodies and what that means for them and so i'd like to read something from pleasure activism that is shaping how i understand my body in the bigger sense of my life and also my work This comes from an essay in her book called Feeling from Within. So this is what she says. I am a whole system. We are whole systems. We are not just our pains, not just our fears, and not just our thoughts. 
We are entire systems wired for pleasure, and we can learn how to say yes from the inside out. For me, from that yes, I am learning to communicate in real time both what I want and what I don't want. To be with the twisting gut and pounding heart that don't want to speak uncomfortable truths, the burrowing, masking, tucked chin of shame, the circular, overthinking busyness of my brain, and with the deep breath and interconnected dignity that allow me to be more honest every day. To be with the tingling spine and the warm solar plexus that hint that I'm feeling love. To pull in my energy when I'm in a situation where I need better boundaries. And to keep bringing my attention back to center to show up where I am. It turns out being present is the most important part of every single experience in my life. Mm. <laughs> I That's mean, so good. And yeah. even for someone who really focuses her work, I like how she talks about this is an everyday learning mm-hmm experience mm-hmm. for her like it, it is only something that happens in the present moment and maybe that's what's so important about embodiment is like it's happening right now our brains can take us back or forward yeah but our bodies and our breath are right now yes okay mic drop we should stop there <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well obviously this is a really big topic and we've only mm-hmm. really just touched the surface. We could say so much more. So we're wondering what kinds of things related to your body or embodiment have you been thinking about? Where might we want to go next with this conversation? So we'd love to hear from you. You can either reach out to us on Instagram at Kindred's Podcast or send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. And as always, you can also become a patron for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash kindreds and join our Kindred's Facebook group. So that's it for this episode. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 